This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Richard Gunnison, joined in the studio by me, Richard Bradbury. It is Wednesday, September 13th, 12.05 p.m. Uh, the continuing theme is grey. Ish. Are you talking about my hair or about the weather? No, Rich, I'd never say that about your hair. <laughs> I did it before you. You're a solid member, so that's different. <laughs> yes, Wednesday, uh, turn around in the week. How are we feeling about this? Uh, last night, of course, was the Apple announcement of their new product. I like how you, I, I like how you asked me, how yeah. do you feel about it? And yeah. then you straight away go to... Apple, by the way. Yeah, we, 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 we mentioned that briefly yesterday on, on, on Tech Tuesday that we should briefly mention it. Uh, not many big changes then. In, uh, I haven't really looked at it. I just yeah. saw the pricing and I was like, oh my God. Exactly. And then I moved on with my and life. I woke up this morning and went, yeah, not, there's nothing on there that I can afford to buy this year. Yeah. But um, anyway. But, you know, speaking of things that are growing, uh, the Apple continues to be a behemoth in the space. Uh, hard pivot here. Today we're talking about franchising, mm. uh, Rich. Um, because... Um, a lot of people feel that you've got to build your own business, but really, there's also another way of doing it, which is franchising. Indeed. Uh, and the landscape in Malaysia here is growing rapidly, with the industry expecting to reach just under $23 billion ringgit in sales by 2025. That's up from just under $15 billion ringgit in 2020. Um, this growth is being driven by a number of factors, including the increasing demand for convenience, uh, also the ability of funding, mm. availability of funding, sorry. Now, there are a number of advantages as well as disadvantages to owning a franchise in Malaysia. Uh, similarly, owning your own independent business also has its pros and cons, some of which we'll get to a little bit later on. Uh, ultimately, the decision of whether to own a franchise or an independent business is a fairly personal one. Uh, so which would you choose to do and which is the path of least resistance? If you want to get in touch with us, get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899 and get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. To shed some light on this topic today and and if and give you a little bit of a primer in case you were thinking, uh, which route should I go down? Uh, we speak with Sophia Leong Abdullah, founder of Business Evolution Enterprise and Ken co-director of Continental Aces. Sophia is a franchise and business consultant and uh, Ken is an engineered flooring specialist uh, with his own business. So Sophia, Ken, thank you both for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. So, Sophie, let's start with you. Um, tell us briefly about what you do as a franchise and business consultant. Well, uh, what I do is generally uh, addressing the concern of business owners who wish to get into the franchising platform. Many businesses need to have their business set up with a track record to prove themselves that their concept works and profitability is there in mm. case someone wish to franchise their business. So I deal with franchisors mostly, but at the same time, I always highly recommend franchisees to get the right consultation and advice before they get into the franchise business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot in the fine print that you need to be aware of before you get involved with a franchise. I would, Such I believe, not like I've had any experience with that. Some of that I'm sure we're going to be combing through a little bit later on. Ken, let's just jump over to you. Tell us a little bit about, about your business. When was it established and what made you start your own business? Well, I established my business was 11 years ago in 2014 to be exact. I graduated from business administration. All this while I came from a family who owns a small business. Mm. So I work. I did work for a um, listed company for two years, and I, uh, frankly, I found myself uh, passionate into owning a business. 
So in that two period, uh, two years of time, I think I may not have, uh, I may not have a uh, passion to incorporate. Right. So therefore, I started my own business. Okay. Then, yeah. Well, how did you decide what business to do? Was it just a uh, was it just a follow on from the family business, or did you decide? You know, how did you do that analysis? Well, I come in to meet uh, many successful business person, and I have the um, I'm very lucky to meet a few of them, who found that uh, you know uh, I have a little bit of quality back then. To, to start a business, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm very lucky that they invested into me. Right, right. Yeah. But why why did you choose flooring specifically? Well, uh, it's actually a friend recommendation. Mm. When back then um, I was in construction, and uh, I saw this, uh, you know, that I have known uh, many construction materials, but then uh, one of the thing that uh, you know to start a business you need capital. But in flooring, uh, that's that's what specifically we find out that uh, in this business we can, uh, we can get payment, right, faster than usual. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Very practical. And, and, and in the construction industry, that's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, Sophia, jumping over to you, you know, the, yep. uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the key differences uh, since you. Uh, help people with this. The key differences between starting a franchise and launching an independent business. Like, what are the key differences here that people should be aware about? Right. Uh, most of the time, I wouldn't say starting a franchise because usually a business owner that have already a couple of years of track record, they can adopt the franchising model to expand their business. But if you would like to actually uh, buy mm. or invest into a franchise business, it's like, you know, instead of starting a totally new with zero knowledge or experience, you are relying on someone else's business model mm. to help you kick off your business. And definitely with a franchisor behind you, there's always support. Uh, support in terms that they'll be training you on technical skills. They'll be supporting you in probably acquiring the resources that you need to kickstart your business. Um, even in terms of sourcing out the right suppliers, sourcing out the right designers to do up the place and There's things like that. essentially a playbook for you to to operate with, right? So you just have to fork out the money to buy the franchise. So if I wanted a McDonald's franchise, a KFC franchise, I'd have to fork out that money to buy the rights for that. You're buying a template, essentially. Yeah, and then everything else is kind of provided. But with that also comes a certain level of rigidity, I would presume, that you've got to follow the rules of the game here. Certainly. Of course, I think the word compliance is one thing that the the (laughs) franchisors... I'll try to be a bit nicer, but yes, compliance. Yeah, I think that is something that the franchisor like to get upfront with the franchisee. You must comply to their standard of operation. Mm. And of course, there are rules, uh, terms and conditions in the agreement that they need to follow. But a lot of time, franchisors actually would require the franchisee to be hands-on. They really need to understand part and parcel of setting up a business. So there are times that the in the terms and uh, condition of an agreement, you have to identify your own location for business. You have to get involved with renovation and construction and things like that. But all under the watchful eye of the franchisor. Mm, so they will, eye. Yes, like they will that. guide you through and make sure that you comply to the standard, to the design, to the concept and the team of the whole business model. Big so, Brother is watching. Yeah. So we've spoken a little bit about how um, it's helpful that you have guidance and that they're looking after you and looking after you, making sure <laughs> that you are going down the right route. So obviously there's some of the, the, the kind of advantages and things. You know, and how does that compare then to the benefits of, of building your own business from scratch? 
Well, one of the things is that most of the time, a fresh uh, beginner in the field of business, if you would like to go into a certain field, just take Ken for example. I'm sure he has a lot of difficulty when he starts sourcing out for the right people to or, to to produce or manufacture right. flooring and things like that. But with a franchising business, the franchisor will be directing you down the right path. They will be directing you who to go to and things like that. These are your so, suppliers. Yes, the, okay, right. Okay, yeah. So with the franchising model, you already have proper guidelines mm-hmm. and you know things to do even like a checklist, right? Mm, mm. But if you're starting something anew, you are almost like zero. It is mm. all your own trial and error yeah, uh, to make sure that it works, mm, right? Mm, but I guess there's also a different degree of control you have over the business, the autonomy. Also, Ken, as someone who's built your own business, tell us a little bit about you know the, what you feel the differences are between uh, the bis- uh, building a business and you know why didn't you go look into something like franchising when you were looking to do business all those years ago? Well, good question. Actually, I did look into franchise uh-huh. back then, but uh, because of the uh, um, monetary issue, <laughs> uh, well, I prefer to start something small. Mm. Even I have partners, I, I also promised my partner that uh, we, we have to keep the ball rolling. Mm. In the way, um, we can't go into the franchise, which requires probably more capital. Well, um, of course, doing own business, Compared to franchise, you have great autonomy. You can control. You have flexibility in terms of innovation in your business. But back then, we having uh, many challenges in terms of uh, acquiring uh, skills to help us in the business. Mm. Like getting the right person, we have to source. And building your own business um, in terms of branding requires, from scratch, requires a long period. And I su- uh, suspect a lot of money as well. Yes, definitely. Mm. And uh, to scale up your business, actually, um, you require a set of uh, um, like a franchise model to mm. help you. Mm. And I think uh, in terms of our business, if we want to scale into the next level, I think franchise is definitely one of the uh, the options. Option. Would that have been? So this is, but you're talking about franchising your own business, correct? Yes. Right. Uh, but all those years ago, if capital wasn't the issue, if you had been able to retain that financing, would you have preferred to go down the franchising route and start and kick starting a business? I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, put, putting yourself back in those days. Well, uh, we along the way as we move, uh, there is a lot of uh, challenges keep coming. Mm. So in terms of uh, using the capital that, uh, I mean, the earnings and also borrowing from banks, we have to look into many other perspectives. In franchise, it definitely works uh, mostly on retail, mm. but we are also uh, looking into projects, mm. developments, and therefore we didn't really go into franchise back then. Yeah. All right, uh, we've got to go into a few messages, uh, Sophia and Ken, uh, but stick around with us. Hopefully, we haven't scared you off just yet. Uh, folks, we've been speaking with Sophia Leong Abdullah, founder of Business Evolution Enterprise and Ken Co, director of Continental Aces. And we've been talking about the differences between franchising opportunities as a business owner or building your own business. Which one is. Uh, which one is good, which one is uh, better for you as an as an entrepreneur. I've been here with Richard Bradbury. This has been Enterprise Biz Bites. Keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Burden-free Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station.
BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. That was... Supergrass. Supergrass with... With, with, with. All, all right. right. Yes. And I am not so all right this afternoon, it seems. It's uh, before your time. That's it's all. before it, it, my time. The song, yeah. It's all okay. right. I'm Richard Gunnison, joining the superhero by the superhero, Richard Bradbury, who saved me a little bit there. Um, today on the show, given the growth of franchise businesses in Malaysia, we're dissecting the pros and cons between building your own business or going the franchise route. Helping us with this has been Sophia Leong Abdullah, founder of Business Evolution Enterprise and Kenko, Director of Continental Aces. Um, Sophia, just to carry on from our conversation earlier, right. given your experience, um, are there any specific industries or types of businesses where owning a franchise tends to be more advantageous uh, yeah, than, than building it on your own? Right. Uh, we were actually earlier on talking about the supports and the trainings yeah. and things like that, skill sets from the franchisors. Mainly, there are a lot of industry uh, most of the time when a franchisee were to ask me, you know, what kind of business should I go for and things like that, I always ask them what is their passion. Mm. And there will be some who will say that, you know, oh, probably children business or kind of things like that. But absolutely, children's business is one thing that is very important and one of the things that really would go, would make more sense if we actually take up a franchise because going into enrichment, going into education for children and things like that, you need specific module. So you for example, we're talking sets. about things like Kumon, is that is that a franchise business? Kumon, yes. Things like smart readers, Mm. things like QDs, those are all, you know, part and parcel of the uh, franchise industry. Uh, We have a lot of local brands like, you know, Crystal, Nuri and all that. And they have their own module Mm. for their children's training or children's education. And for you as an individual to really start going into that, probably your background have to be an academician, you know, in order to start that. So it makes sense. And also uh, one of the things that we always say that uh, if you go into a retail business with very high inventories uh, lease, you know, a lot of SKUs, then there will be a lot of issues. How do you really source the for the inventories and things like that? Maybe as simple as a DIY shop, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many things. How do you go and look for uh, tens of suppliers, you know, in mm. order to f- fill up your shop? So these are things that helps when it comes to franchising. You already have a franchisor that have done all the groundwork for you. Mm. So it makes sense mm. to actually take up, you know, a franchising in that industry. I would have thought, you know, F&B would have been the, the, the major player in the franchise kind right. of industry, right? Yeah. Well, no? honestly, Richard, F&B is definitely one of the most robust mm. industry uh, in the whole world, you mm. know, not mm. just in franchising. Uh, but F&B is also a business that comes and goes very yeah, often. For sure. And most of the time, F&B is something that if, if you are someone very passionate with food and you have no, you know nothing at all about kitchen, cooking and things like that, yes, it probably makes sense. Sounds like me. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of people that's in the food business somehow or rather are very creative people. Mm, mm, mm. And even like what uh, I think Rosha mentioned it earlier on, you know, there is some limitation when it comes to franchise. It limits it limit your creativeness. Right. You might not be able to actually practice so much the of your own potential. The menu is this menu. Yes, right. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it, it, it actually becomes a little bit tight on certain things that you fancy doing as mm. a business owner in the F&B industry. Mm. So it really depends. I guess it's very much the individual's appetite, what they want in their business. Oh, whilst we're on this note, then, can you, can you give me some ideas of, of some kind of misconceptions that people mm. have about franchises compared to like starting your own business? I'm going to be rich today. 
that's the first misconception. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, some some people feel that you know, I want to be my own boss. Uh, it, it's almost like a get rich quick scheme, you know. Mm. But never, never, mm. definitely never. Mm. Uh, franchisor will expect the franchisee to be very proactive as well, and also to be very hands on. A lot of them will have the thinking that hey, you know, franchising is almost like an autopilot business. Never, it's never that. You really need to get involved. A lot of people tend to feel that you know, hey, I can rely on the franchisor for everything. But no, the franchisor have their own business to take care of, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of other franchisees to take care of. You have to be in charge of your own business. So a lot of franchisees don't realize that part of it. Yeah, mm. but of course there are a lot of pros that comes along with a franchising business. Uh, not to mention that you know the franchisor have already solved your problem on uh, probably negotiating on rents, mm. negotiating on pricing because there's an economy of skill based on a franchise business. But if you are starting your own, then your money might not bring you that far. You know, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ken, that's some of the pros and the cons over on the franchising side of things. Um, what are some of the misconceptions that people that you, you talk to have when they talk about building their own businesses? Give us a little bit of a parallel here. Well, misconception will be like, um, yeah, once you are in the business, you're sure making profits. <laughs> you're sure able to get back your ROI. And um, yes, you have products to sell, but uh, you, you don't know about the market. These are... Uh, some of the failures that mm. faced by a uh, business owner. Well, again, um, even if you have autonomy in terms of your business uh, control, but you, there is still a set of SOP in the market that you need to follow. Mm. Well, example like uh, the credits for projects, you have to uh, uh, follow the, the, the main cons, contracts compared to if it's in uh, retail business that uh, maybe you can get a bit of deposit before you start work. So all these SOP, uh, you know, must be followed mm. according to uh, each market mm. place. Sophia, let's just jump back over to you then when it comes to, like, financial considerations. Mm-hmm. How does the cost factor and a potential ROI differ uh, between franchising and building an independent business? I think most of the time the ROIs... In, in general, you can see almost a similar uh, uh, outcome of it if you are saying that you are going into the same industry and things like that, you are comparing apple to apple here. But if, let's say, you are talking about setup costs or things like that, you know, like I highlighted earlier on, when you go into franchising, there's already an economy of scale because the franchisor owns so many branches, so many outlets, right? So you actually negotiate better with uh, ten, uh, landlords, you negotiate better with suppliers or manufacturers. So your dollars actually buy you more when you're in a in, uh, franchising business and it helps it definitely helps especially in the initial stage but one of the other things that to look at as an independent uh, business owner Mm. you do not have to actually cut your profit to share it with the franchisor because in a franchising uh, yeah. scale, you have to pay certain fee, there's royalty, there's NP fees and things like that. So your profit margin will definitely be a little bit uh, lean compared <laughs> to what you know the franchisor is owning or an independent business owner is owning. But however, those fees are necessary because you're leveraging on someone else's brand, someone right. else's track record and things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. On that note, actually, while you mentioned brand and ma- uh, brand there, uh, Sophia, uh, branding and marketing is uh, vital to succeed in business, right? You got to get your name out yes. there. You got to cut through the noise. Um, Ken, as a someone who's built your own business, give us a sense for the amount of work and thought that goes into the branding and marketing uh, in what you do. Well, in entrepreneurship, the only branding that we are creating is your own personal track record, what your company does. That's how we do branding. Mm. Uh, unlike franchise, you have regional supports on marketing. You have uh, uh, a big team that managing for your uh, branding. Mm. Mm. In entrepreneurship, uh, everything you do is marketing, is branding. You are the marketer. Yes. Mm. Do you get tired of it, Ken? Well, at time, yes. But uh, <laughs> there is a moment for us to take a break yeah. and come back. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, you know, we speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. And, you know, w- one of the things that we, we hear a lot is that how it's, it can be a lonely journey and it can be difficult, it can be tiresome. You know, you don't have all of that support of, of all the, the kind of franchise mechanics behind you. You've always got to be out there on your feet, talking to people, shaking hands, passing out business cards. Yeah. Do you get tired of that? Yes, but I found it, uh, you have to be passionate in your own business. When you Once you started it, your own passion will help the business to grow. And it gives you that fire yes, and I that motivation. Believe, uh, network is your net worth. Right, yeah. So yep. in building your own business, you got to go out to be able to networking. All right. Yeah. I want to skip over a little bit to, to, to legal uh, mm. considerations as well. Um, what about legal and contractual considerations that potential franchisees should be aware of when they enter into a, a franchise agreement? Getting to the real stuff yeah, now. Yeah, we need some nitty gritty <laughs> behind this, yeah. Uh, my, most of my direct clients are franchisors mm, uh, and I actually do tell them that almost almost 100% of the time the franchisors are the king in mm. the agreement because they decide the terms the agreement comes from the franchisor so they decide and actually what goes into the agreement and I always tell the franchisee this read every fine line and understand it mm. because there is no uh, uh, a strict regulation about what goes into the agreement and it is dictated by how the franchisor operates and all that. So as a franchisee, if you do not understand, you are supposed to get it clarified before you sign. Can I ask a question, right? If you are like a, a, a franchisor and you have potentially two franchisees, could the terms be different on each contract? No, they are not supposed to do that because it can be seen as bias to right. another party. Okay. And in our Malaysian Franchise Act, there is a clause. If you are found to be biased, mm. uh-huh. then you can be penalised. Okay, so yeah. it's got to be a boilerplate, consistent kind of terms and conditions right. across the board. Correct. So if you were, you know, as we come to the to wrapping up this uh, conversation, you know, if you were looking at someone who wanted to be a franchisee, what are the things that you'd ask them to, you know, keep an eye on? Uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Right. I think one of the important things is that when they actually start looking at the franchise agreement, in the Malaysian Franchise Act, there is a few things that must mm-hmm. be in there. And it is supposed to be a very fair term, such as like uh, protecting the franchisee. There is even allowance that the franchisee can terminate the agreement within seven days after signing the agreement. Wow. You know, So you can change your mind within seven days. And of course, there are other things that actually protect the franchisees. But one of the interesting things that also protect the franchisor is that 
after termination, whether it's premature or whether it's expiry of the agreement, the franchisee is not allowed to actually uh, go into the same industry within two years period. So there is also one clause in the act that protects the franchisors. But all in other things, a lot of time, uh, there's always a lot of conflict over territory rights. Mm, mm. Once they are granted a certain territory, let's say within a two-kilometer radius, sometimes you find the franchisor granting another uh, territory, the similar area to another person. So you have to be very careful with things like that. Uh, it's two kilometers, too close, too far, that kind of thing. And mm. you can actually talk and discuss it with the franchisor before signing the agreement. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, it will be difficult. You have to look into the clauses like what are the obligation of the franchisees? Because sometimes mm. you sort of miss it, you know, apart from operating at the certain hours, you know, uh, probably maybe hiring certain number of staff and all that. You have to really understand each clause mm. because otherwise, once you sign it, I mean, it's like you agree to it. Mm. You can't mm. you know, turn which, around. Which is really interesting because I, I'll give you an example of how it differs in the UK as well. In my hometown, on the same street, there are three bakeries of the same franchise, all wow. within like, you know, 10 or 15 meters of one another. That must be crazy for competition. I can't understand if they are franchises, how that would be allowed to happen. It just seems really odd, right? True, because you are sort of like jeopardizing your own Correct. Yeah, your yeah. own business, especially when they are the same brand. Mm. That is why territory rights is one of the very uh, important clause that must be spelled out very clearly by the franchisor. And the franchisee must understand what it really means. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, they will get into deep trouble, mm. right? Mm. Because there are times that when they say, uh, can, I, can I quote an example here? Sure. Especially in the education line, in the past, they always say, say, you know, let's look at a residential area. And this residential area uh, in Malaysia is very common. Taman so-and-so get one uh, allowance for uh, kindies, let's say, mm-hmm. you know. And another new residential gets set up in the neighbourhood. And just behind that same row, it's under another taman. It's a different taman, uh, residential taman. But yet, another franchisee is being granted. But they're actually just back-to-back to each other. Mm-hmm. So, that is the challenge that a lot of franchisees will face if they're not very clear about that territory rights that is granted to them. Mm. So, a lot of these things have to be read and understand. Mm. Then, you sign the agreement. Otherwise, don't go into <laughs> agreement blindly. Yeah. Uh, Ken, as we wrap up this conversation, what advice would you give to someone who wants to build their own brand and their own business? My advice is to um, study the market well and uh, define your own goals before you start the business. Um, Get your resources right. And uh, once you started it, do not look back. But you have to find, uh, before you start the business, you have to find your exit strategy as well. well. What do you define as exit strategy? As in the goals you want to hit, how you're going to sell the business? What do you mean by that? Exit strategy, uh, yes, Roshan. I, I, uh, it's something like uh, there is a timeline in your business. Mm. So the exit strategy is enable you to either you sell your business or you pass down the business to the next generation mm. or you scale up, you share with everyone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So going into franchise is one of the ways. Right, so begin with the end in mind. Do you want to? Are you building this to sell? Are you building this to pass on? Or are you building this to IPO? Is about right? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, uh, Sophia, uh, Ken, yep. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Learned a lot today, Rich? Of course.
Always, every day on Enterprise Biz Bites, uh, we're always learning new things. Folks, we've been speaking with Sophia Long Abdullah, Leong Abdullah, founder of Business Evolution Enterprise and Kenko, director of Continental Aces. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on all the major podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search up Enterprise Biz Bites. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin. The 12th Malaysia plan midterm review was tabled in Parliament by Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim on Monday and it encompasses 17 policy shifts or radical approaches. Minister of Economy Rafisi Ramli Jump comes back on the grill to talk about how these policies will resolve major issues in the country's economic structure as well as the unity government's stance on corruption. I'm Rishin Kynason with Richard Bradbury and this has been Enterprise BizBytes. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.